Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Merry Christmas. Thank you all for joining us. It's a good news kind of day, isn't it? Amen. Amen. Show of hands, uh, how many people were a little too excited to sleep this morning? Did that come to anybody's house? Yeah. <laughs> I like that there's an age range there. There was, there was a diversity there. Those who didn't raise your hands, maybe you're like me and you were excited that you could sleep in a little bit this morning. <laughs> Anyway, it's Christmas. We get to come together and worship. And thank you so much for coming out today on a cold winter's day uh, to celebrate the birth of a Savior. Whether you came out of respect for tradition, uh, out of reverence, or you came in joyful expectation and celebration, or maybe if you're honest, you're not sure why you came, I am so glad you're here. You could have been so many other places this morning, uh, but you chose to come and to worship, to gather. And so thank you for coming. I want to propose a powerful truth today about Christmas that your presence even helps to illustrate, and that is quite simply this, that Christmas requires a response from each one of us. Christmas requires a response. You see, from the very beginning, the news of a Savior caused people to respond. Mary responded to the news uh, of her miraculous conception by the Holy Spirit. She responded, I am the Lord's servant. She responded in obedience. Joseph, as as he heard this news and was wrestling, uh, he had a dream or an angel uh, affirmed to him uh, that this was true, that what Mary was saying was true. And Joseph responded by honoring her and the newborn baby king. You see, the the, the shepherds, they left behind their livelihood in the fields at the news that the angels brought to them. They they left that behind to go see the news of Jesus born. How about you today? What's your response to Christmas? Now, not necessarily the gifts you've already opened this morning or the cookies you've already eaten for breakfast. I know who you are. I see you. It's okay. It's Christmas. I told somebody the other week, it's Christmas. Calories don't count. We'll see how that works out in January. But not necessarily those responses, but what's your response to the Christmas story? The Christmas story, the news of a Savior born to save us, to be with us. As we turn to our teaching text this morning uh, in Matthew chapter 2, we're going to see that the presence of Jesus has always demanded a response. And this morning I have uh, some friends coming up going to help us to read the Christmas story, the Lots family. If you guys want to make your way up, we will dive into Matthew chapter 2 together. 
Thank y'all for coming up this morning and being willing to share with us. Y'all, come on up, come on up. You want to introduce yourself? Uh, handheld mic? Glad it wasn't a snake. I'm Mark. This is Gunner, Boston, Lindsay, and my wife, Sharon. All right, so who was up first this morning? Lindsay. <laughs> yeah? What time was this? One? <laughs> Did you go back to sleep at all? No? Mom, Dad, thoughts? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Have y'all already opened gifts this morning? Yeah. What was your favorite? Legos. Legos? Okay. Basketball. Basketball? What? Oh, you got a cool mom and dad? <laughs> cookies. <laughs> oh, so we were in that club together of Christmas cookies for breakfast. <laughs> Well, there's plenty of coffee back there if y'all need a little pick-me-up to get through the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> well, do you like ice cream? I mean, maybe not today when it's freezing cold, but do y'all like ice cream? What's your favorite kind of ice cream? Vanilla. Vanilla. Strawberry. Strawberry. Cookies and cream. Cookie. I like cookie dough. You guys? Cookie dough. Okay. Coffee. All right. Well, here is... A gift card to Kleins to just say thank you for you guys coming out and helping us out today. And mom and dad. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so this morning, as you reflect on the Christmas story of all the cool things and all the great celebrations, what is your favorite part of the Christmas story? The shepherds, the sheep, the magi, the wise men, the angels, Mary, Joseph, Jesus. 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 Mark? I would say the wise men. Wise men. Sharon? Mary. Mary. I'm going to go with the Magi. I had, and we'll unpack that a little bit here in a little bit. So you guys are going to help us read Matthew chapter 2 this morning to unpack the Christmas stories, right? Awesome. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, and by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I may too go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose, when it hit up them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. When coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and mirth, and having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. 
You see, in Matthew's gospel, as he is unpacking the story of Christmas, he doesn't really give us the, as many details of Jesus' birth as we might like. He, he pretty much just says that it happened. And so we're left short on all those uh, good details that we would love to know of that first Christmas. Yet in the scarcity of the nativity details, Matthew is quick to show us a key theme that he will repeat many times throughout his gospel, and that is that the presence of Jesus requires a response. The presence of Jesus demands a response. You you see, you can't simply uh, approach the manger and turn away without some kind of response. And within just these 12 short verses, Matthew demonstrates, uh, he illustrates for us three different responses within this story of Christmas. And and within these three responses, I think we'll see that even 2,000-some years later, we still find these same responses to the presence of Jesus. Let's begin this morning unpacking the response of King Herod. King Herod, now, now he was the guy in charge, and quite frankly, he liked it that way. But you see, he had a dark side. King Herod was paranoid. He was murderously ruthless towards anyone that challenged his authority, anyone that challenged his way of doing anything. He was king, and there would be no other. You see, that was King Herod. So you can imagine his surprise when wise men show up asking about the new king that has been born, the king of the Jews. The scripture says that he was troubled at this news, and he begins to pretend that he wants to worship. He pretends to be interested in knowing this king's whereabouts, but Herod had no desire to give up his control. He had no desire to give up his right to do as he pleased. He had no intention of worshiping Jesus. Herod's response to Christmas, to the news of Jesus, was one of defensive hostility, even hatred at the news of Christ. The next response we see is mentioned really almost in passing, and that is of the religious folks, uh, the religious leaders, and their indifference at the news of Christ's birth. You see, King Herod, when, when he heard this, when he heard that they were looking for Messiah, he knew this was a religious thing. And so he called the local religious leaders to come to, to question them to find out more about it. And so these leaders show up, and and they're familiar with the Old Testament. They they know the story, and they they quickly quote Micah chapter 5, where it explains that Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, just a few miles from Jerusalem. So they, they knew the story. They could quote the text about his coming. They'd been searching and waiting Yet we have no record of them taking even a small step of faith to go see for themselves. Maybe they were afraid of King Herod. Maybe maybe they just had too much stuff going on. Maybe they just didn't care. But whatever the cause, their response of indifference caused them to miss the gift of Christmas caused them to miss the arrival of Messiah that they had studied and looked for their whole lives. Their response of indifference caused them to miss Christmas. 
You might say that we've saved the best for last in the Magi or the wise men. You see, their response to the news of Christmas gives you and I an example of what our response can be to the news of a Savior. You see, the, the Magi were believed to be wise men and astrologers, um, people who uh, prided themselves, gave themselves to gaining wisdom and studying the stars. And, and the study of the stars was, was really not like the Zodiac column in the paper today. No, that it was believed that it was a real science. And so their thoughts and what they heard and seen from the stars and their charts was believed in. And so they say that they were from the east, and so we believe this would be from Persia or Babylon because they had access to the Jewish prophecy, the Jewish scriptures, and so they were in anticipation. When they saw the star of the Messiah, they knew what they had to do, and that was to go and worship him, to see for themselves. These men were Gentiles, meaning they were not part of the Jewish people. They were outside of God's people, but yet they came. From hundreds of miles, they traveled in response to the news of Jesus. You see, verse 10 says that when they got close to Bethlehem, they saw the star and they were overjoyed. Now, the NIV here really, really doesn't unpack the original language there. You see, because Matthew is just, has literally piled up descriptors to quantify their excitement. It would be closer to say they rejoiced with great joy exceedingly. That's how many times Matthew wants us to understand. These guys weren't just going, oh, it's Christmas. They were ecstatic. It's Messiah. They rejoiced exceedingly. You see, this wasn't just an academic pursuit for them. This wasn't just another venture to gain knowledge. They knew in the coming of Messiah that it meant more. And they were over. Joy, they found the fulfillment of their heart in this newborn king. And when they finally saw him, they worshiped. They worshiped. That baby was everything to these strangers, to these foreigners from the east, and they acted as if that was true. Because you see in verse 11 there it says, On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. You see, these men, these acute scholars, wise and studied and learned and, and, and probably wealthy, they get on their knees and touch their forehead to the ground at the presence of the king. They put class and wealth and everything aside to worship. You see, they gave him costly and lavish gifts. Their worship cost them something. You see, I think that's why they're my favorite. Because I want to experience Christmas like that. I want to experience Jesus like the wise man did. And as your pastor this morning, I hope you do too. I hope you do too. You know, there's, there's so much to love about this Christmas season. But I, I know it can be hard, but yet there's still moments of joy. 
We get to unwrap uh, uh, presents and share in those moments with our family. We get to go to things like Christmas parades and see Santa Claus riding around Elkton in the fire truck. And even the Grinch running around too. We get to have so much fun in this season. Uh, We can eat food that we can't otherwise get away with. We can wear sweaters that we can't otherwise get away with. We get to watch Christmas movies and we get to adorn our homes in lights. There's so much good and fun celebration even today. I think and sometimes it's easy for us to separate the story of Christmas from the rest of the revelation of who Jesus is. You see, there's only one story. Christmas is a part of a bigger narrative of one story, of one Savior. Let's take a look at this clip. I wonder what it would be like to be born in a manger. Yeah, I wonder what ever happened to baby Jesus. He, He grew up. What? Wait, so you're saying that the baby Jesus Christmas story is the same as the adult walk on water Jesus? Yeah. Thanks, honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, I just never really put the two concepts together. <laughs> Wonder what happened to that guy, huh? <laughs> he. He went to the cross. That's the same guy? Yeah. So what you're saying is baby Jesus is the same as cross Jesus? Yeah. I mean, there's some time in there, right? I mean, he he grew up, he taught people, he lived a perfect life. He died on the cross and came back to life. And, you know, now he lives in our hearts. That's the same guy? The Jesus that lives in our hearts? Okay, I was really, oh, wow. Okay, I never really put all those guys together, you know? Only one guy. I tell you this, here's an idea. Maybe we stop just making Christmas all just this once a year isolated thing, but we make it an ongoing story about the salvation in our hearts and lives. That's the idea. See, baby Jesus is walks on water. Jesus is cross Jesus. There is only one story of Jesus. And our focus is rightly centered on the miraculous story of his coming in this season. But we've got to be careful not to separate it from the full revelation of Christ as it's illustrated and shown to us through the gospel narratives. And so I guess the question we're asking this morning is not really what's your response to Christmas, but what's your response to Jesus? What's your response to Jesus? You know Jesus, right? He's the one who said things like, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. 
For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. That's Jesus. Jesus said, repent, turn from your sin, live a totally different life for the kingdom of heaven has come near. He said, I have come that you may have life and life to the full. Jesus. He said, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Jesus. So today, Christmas Sunday, 2022, a day of joy and celebration and Christmas cookies. What's your response to Jesus? To his invitation of of new life. What's your response to Jesus? to, To forgiveness of sin and adoption into the family of God. What's your response? Will you be maybe continuing in the way of King Herod, refusing to give up control of your life? You're in control and you kind of like it that way. Will you remain trying to cling to the things that are in control, being your own king or queen of your domain? And in that, will you forfeit the true gift of Christmas? Maybe you find yourself in the camp of the religious leaders where you've heard the story so many times that you've kind of become indifferent. And you've not taken that step of faith to make the story your own. Or will you go the way of the Magi this morning? Maybe you know what it feels like uh, uh, to be a stranger in a faraway land, but longing and desperate for this story to be true. And you want to come and experience it yourself. Friends, that's Christmas. That's Jesus. How will you respond today to the news of Jesus? A Savior born Savior who has died and risen again. What's your response today? We're going to respond singing a song that we've done throughout this Advent season. And it's called, We Have a Savior. It's a beautiful declaration of truth. But while we sing today, I I would invite you to respond. And I'm just going to go ahead and ask all those that are able, if you would stand and prepare to worship. If today you have never responded to the story of Christmas, to the story of Jesus, you can. This can be your story today. And I would just invite you, take the trip of the Magi and bow before him. These front road Chairs can serve as an altar if you want to respond that way, or you can kneel at your seat. But don't let Christmas 2022 pass without experiencing it, without experiencing Jesus.
as your Lord and Savior. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you uh, for the celebration of this season, the reminder that we have at Christmas time of the leap that you took from the throne of heaven to, to a, a dirty manger to take up residence in a broken and hurting world. And God, you grew up from that moment. You lived the perfect life. You taught the way of truth. And Lord, you went to Calvary and made the ultimate sacrifice. But we know that three days later, you sealed the victory in your resurrection. And now you offer us life. Forgiveness of sins. Lord, you come to dwell within us. That's the gift. Friend, if you're here today and you want to experience that gift, I just invite you to ask him for it. To come humbly before him and say, I need you, Lord. I've been the king or the queen of my life, but I give that to you. Lord, may we say that and declare that and live that every day in light of who you are. Thank you, Jesus, for Christmas. Thank you, Jesus, for Calvary for the resurrection. And it's in your precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Let's respond to Christmas together. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, Please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.